excited to be coming to you today for episode two, season three of our Houndcast. Today I'm in the Zinzenko Media Lab in Reeves Library. My name is Jessica Weaver and I am the Leadership Gifts Officer for Family Philanthropy here at Moravian. And I have a very special guest here with me today. I have Greg Krug, a class of 2022 parent. And I'd love for Greg to spend some time introducing himself. Well, thank you very much, Jessica. It's an honor to be here, and uh, can't say enough nice things about Moravian University. So my passion in life has always been animals. I've always loved to be around and working around animals, and I love people. And, you know, it all actually starts with a very spiritual uh, thing that happened. When I was between my sophomore and junior year in college, I was visiting the church, and I went to a special area to pray, because I didn't feel my life was going somewhere and I wanted to do more and I wanted to help people. And so I asked for guidance to bring somebody in my life that I could help because I felt very fortunate what was happening. And it was only weeks later, um, I showed up the wrong place for a job interview. And I ended up getting a job at both the place I was supposed to be at, which was a cattle farm, and the place I wasn't supposed to be at was an equine farm. And I had grown up riding horses at a very young age. And this was a very elaborate facility. It was 50 box stalls, indoor riding arena, but there was a complete veterinary clinic there. Okay. Three operating vets, padded recovery stall, a whirlpool bath for horses to walk through and that. So my job to start originally was just to pick the stalls, clean the stalls, feed the horses morning and nights. So for a college student, that was great. My major was in animal science, animal husbandry, and I got to work with the veterinarians and that, and I was also working at the cattle farm. Well, unfortunately, as I met the gentleman who had built this from the ground up, his background had been public relations, and he wanted to cash out because he'd been very successful and be home to be with the family because he traveled all over the world. So he ended up starting this horse facility because he saw in Bucks County, where it was located, that there was a need for equine. But unfortunately, he knew nothing about the industry and ended up losing the facility and during that time. And we became very, very close. So when he tried to sell the facility, a company came. They said, we don't want to buy it as a research facility, but we would be interested in buying from you blood from the horses and from sheep to make blood agar plates to do bacterial cultures. Okay. They were buying what was called the Trinidad sheep blood. And in those days, we didn't have, this is back in mid-70s, in those days, we didn't have the internet and that. Right. So I would spend time in the library and trying to do research the old-fashioned way through books and periodicals to figure out how do you take blood from sheep and horses and stop it from clotting without using chemicals. So right. we had to develop a mechanical method and that mechanical method was called determination, and we would make this blood. And the people that came to look at the farm would let me use their lab facility. Now, they were located in Whitney, New Jersey. Okay. So I was located in Dollstown, so I would go, and I would go and use their facility between midnight to 6 o'clock in the morning. I would get other students to come with me to go around to different farmers to allow us to bleed their sheep and horses, and we'd pay them, and we'd help them with their husbandry, and I had this kind of road crew that would go around and do this with me. And my partner, Craig, the gentleman I'd met, me and his family became very close. And I actually built our first lab in his garage. We had our first sterilizer in his back room wow. of his house and everything. So it was a real Rube Goldberg type of setup and right. operation. Today, 
We're over 150 employees. We have background uh, staffing from many, many different backgrounds, students from tech schools through PhDs, veterinarians that work as part of our technical group. We work in many different arenas. We have six different facilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. We're located in Lehigh County, Bucks County, and Bedford County. Our products vary. What we, people ask us, what is it that you do? Right. We explain that lamp hire is like what the coal mine is to the steel industry. We are to the life science industry. We're the supplier of those key raw materials to help treat or detect disease. So where did you come up with the name Lampire? So very good question. As I told you, my partner Craig was very much into the marketing and public relations. We were out one day out in the farm area. It was rainy. It was a very damp day. Early in the morning, we'd go out 5 o'clock, and we had a setup there. And the farmer comes in stroking his beard, and he says, you know what? You guys aren't vampires, you're lampires, oh because we were bleeding sheep. Oh my and goodness. it was a group of them sitting around a table, in other words, having coffee and talking and saying, you know, that would be a great way to remember what it is that we do. So right. the name Lampire Enterprises was born. And then back in the 1980s, I had taken the business over in 1979. In the 1980s, I incorporated it to Lampire Biological Laboratories. Exactly. That's what we hope for. Yes. That we hope people will remember. So I think when we talk about bleeding animals, I think that many people may associate that with something that they don't fully understand. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how ethically humane what you're doing and kind of along the lines of what it's used for? Because I don't think everybody knows how integral that is in everything that we kind of do. Right. Especially now. It's very, very diverse. We work with many species, over 20 different species of all different types of uh, animal blood. We actually, if you come visit some of our farm facilities, you'll see that we have animals that are actually retired there. One of the animals that we take on to our farms are retired polo ponies. Right. We know people, we, we sponsor different polo events, and people you know, have these horses that are still very healthy, they're just not able to play polo anymore. So we bring them onto our facilities and they become blood donors. Right. We have pigs and cows, we have dairy cows that are still healthy, but in other words, they can't produce good milk right. anymore. They have their use for dairy farming. Right, and they could go to the auctions and that, right. but we bring them onto our facilities as donors. We also do something which is people are learning a lot today about sciences because of COVID. So we produce antibodies in animals as well. So what we'll do is we'll inoculate a chicken and then we harvest the antibodies that we're looking for in an egg. Or we'll inoculate a goat and that goat will build antibodies. If I can just explain to you, for example, the pregnancy test that women can do at home. That test, I got to work with one of the top scientists. It was a woman very early on that helped develop these home pregnancy tests that women could do at home. And it actually started with a tube and some dried material in the bottom of that tube, which was actually part of that was dried bovine blood. 
and there were antibodies in there. And what we would do is that if a woman was in her second or third trimester, we would collect her urine. Right. From the urine, we would purify out a hormone called HCG, human gametophorphan hormone. That hormone is only present in a woman when there is a fetus. So then what we do is we take that hormone and we might break it down to an alpha beta units, which are key components of the hormone, or we'll put the whole hormone inoculated into an animal and they build antibodies to it. So when they build these antibodies to that hormone, we then can extract the antibody from the blood, we purify it, tag it with a latex particle or a gold sol particle, which is a, like a liquid gold, and then they spray paint it on to filter paper. And then what we have to do is put a blocking agent so that we know that somebody is not going to fall a false positive test. Right. So we put what we call a secondary antibody on there or another protein, and that sprays it on there. And then what they got was very creative is the companies who made these tests, the some of the tests you see a double line, right. okay? One line shows the test is working, the second is the results. Other ones use the XY axis so that they got a plus symbol. Right. So they would just show negative if you were not pregnant, and but it would turn into a positive sign if you were positively pregnant. Today, the technology has come so far along they have it made that a woman can get a digital readout right. from just urinating on a cyst. Right. And we use for those tests what's called a monoclonal antibody. Now, people are hearing with COVID a lot of about treatments with monoclonal antibodies, but mono, meaning one, is harvested a different way. What they do is the same way. They'll purify what we're looking to make in monoclonal antibody two, inoculate it into an animal, but then they harvest from that animal, typically it's a mouse, rat, or hamster, and they will take the cells from the spleen and they grow them up and they fuse them to cancer cells and grow them. And the waste product that's produced has the monoclonal, meaning one. So now you don't have to keep bleeding animals right. or doing that. You can now freeze that cell line in liquid nitrogen and bring it out whenever it's needed and just grow it up in culture and make more and more. And it's always identically the same as with the polyclonal antibody that I first explained to you. In other words, it can vary from animal to animal as all our immune systems are different. Right. That's fascinating. It's just these things that you don't think about, that you go about in everyday life, and you don't pause and say, how? Exactly. And that's our how. Right. And the animal blood, some exotics like alligators that we bleed, and you know we combine that with goose and rooster and goat, and that's how they make the calibrations for uh, hematology controls. And hematology controls are very important if you're being treated for cancer right. or you're going in for your health makeup to see what your blood profile looks like. We want to see the number of red cells, white cells, so on and so forth, platelets. You use these calibrators to make sure the machine is operating correctly. And the reason that we supply the different sizes of blood is their size of cells. The size of cells make a calibration so they can make sure the machine is working correctly. It's all fascinating because it's all things that we just largely take for granted and yep. not understanding the amount of science that goes into the production of those things. Yep. One more thing is that we go to abattoirs sometimes 
and we'll collect the byproduct, let's say the rooster comb. So we'll take from the processing plant that's processing the roosters, the combs, the rooster combs are used to extract hyaluronic acid that's used as an injectable news, like a lubricant, but also for skin treatment, and it just has unbelievable support from something that would have might have been just discarded. I think it's so fascinating, and I think living in a pandemic, how has Lampire met those needs that have become so demanding? Well, one of the other areas that Lampire works in is in the area of cell culture media. We told you about our cell culture lab where we did the monoclonal antibodies. We actually also make cell culture media. So very important during COVID was viral transport media. There was a major shortage. So we were able to help fill those needs so that all this testing that's being done when they're taking those swabs, you have to put the swab into a viral transport media to be able to maintain it to get to where it can be cultured. That's just one area. We've worked in making all different types of antibodies, both primary and secondary antibodies that are used in the detection of the COVID virus itself. Were you all working overtime? Oh, there was a lot of overtime, a lot of long, long days till, till, still now going on. Another area that we work on is with llamas. Llamas have a very different antibody system. And in working with the llamas was actually was helping to detect cures of new drugs that are being looked at right now and using that in the response. Now, did you have a lot of these technologies in place already and you just ramped everything up? Some of them was, some came new. We have a new area where we're working, again, going back to bovine blood, where it's being used to test equipment for the oxygenation and uh, people are going through and the testing that has to be done on this equipment and that as well. So there's many different areas that Lampire is involved in the COVID arena. It's just, it's crazy. It just all came at once and you were able to meet the needs. So yes. That's yep. amazing. So I'd like to kind of shift a little bit and talk about your son is at Moravian. You have some Moravian grads. You may be having, you have an intern. You have some things posted. Tell me a little bit about your passion of marrying what you do with education. We, we love working, you know, with students. Students, in other words, are obviously our future, but we take a lot to trying to create Pennsylvania as having a very strong workforce in the life sciences. There's a lot of great opportunities to work, and there's many, many different jobs that are needed in the life sciences. Things that you think, okay, you need a scientific background. That is if you want to, if you enjoy the scientific field. I'm a believer, and I try and push students to follow their passion. If you're passionate about it, success is there, and you'll find your success. You'll find what it is that makes this happen. So we try to expose that, but we use students. We've had Moravian students who've come to us who are in the marketing arena, and they're doing very good helping promoting the science and the technology that we're doing with their strong basis that they've learned here at Moravian in marketing. We've had others that are working in the laboratory facility that are working to make these very products that we were just talking about as coming in as interns and then later coming on as, as employees. We think about Craig, he grew up with his love of the animals and working around them and that. Even though he has very, very bad allergies to horses oh and no. to hay, 
he pushes himself to work and get stronger. Part of it, he feels, it makes it better for the Moravian football team that he loves to play for and it's been very special for him. But his degree is he's going towards in nursing. So part of him coming back to the farm is also he wants to eventually become a nurse anesthetist. Okay. So doing that, as you know, you need to be a good phlebotomist. You need to be good with the needle. Right. So he likes learning how to bleed all these different animals, whether it's the very small vein of an avian to the larger mammal and animals so that he'll be very proficient when the day comes and he can be sensitive to administering those techniques. So it's been very personal for him. I love that you were able to join us today, and I have one more fun question. Sure. You love animals. How many pets do you have at home? Well, I give a lot of credit to my wife. We have five boys, and at one time we had four male dogs. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so there was a lot of testosterone <laughs> in that household, and uh, she went along with it. But now we're just down to two Border Collies, okay. and uh, there is some other animals that are there as well, but it, it's, it's a menagerie from time to time, as you can imagine. Love it. Well, again, thank you so much, Greg. It was a pleasure chatting with you today. And for all of our listeners, if anybody is interested in connecting with Greg, we would be more than happy to do that for you. And anybody else who would like a tour of Lampire or to learn more, you know where to find us. Thank you very much, Jessica. Appreciate it.